Good morning slash afternoon slash evening. Welcome to Coward's Lunch Podcast, a perfectly passable chat at the podcast. I'm your host, Winslow Robertson, and I am broadcasting live from Nairobi. I am staying at China House. For this pod, I am joined by our co-host, Lena Benabdah, a PhD student in international relations at the University of Florida. Yi-Ting Wang, our resident China sustainability specialist, is traveling at the moment, unfortunately. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, African Development Jobs. African Development Jobs, a site run by Niraduru, seeks to connect development workers, professional development resources, and work opportunities in Africa. On a quest to help diversify development, it highlights the voices and issues of Africans and the diaspora in the field. It is also the best site for finding employment in the development field in Africa that I know of. China's complicated relationship with wildlife trade, specifically illegal wildlife trade, does the country no favors with its international standing, despite a slow and steady attempt by the country to improve its regulatory environment in regards to ivory, rhino horn, and more. While much of the world frets over what the Chinese government is doing, there is a startling lack of attention on the role of Chinese individuals and grassroots organizations in helping combat illegal wildlife trade. China House, full disclosure, a client of mine, is the first Chinese social enterprise in Africa and is organizing a color run in Kenya to take place on August 28th to not only raise awareness among Chinese youth regarding this issue, but also to show Chinese and Kenyan support for stronger ivory regulations in the upcoming Conventions on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna in Florida, or CITES, which is having its 17th meeting of the Conference of Parties in Johannesburg, South Africa, from September 24th to October 5th. To talk about the event, we have on the pod Winnie Wong, the communications manager for China House, as well as one of the organizers behind the event. Hello, nice to meet you guys. I'm from China, Guangzhou, and now I'm working in China House and as the communication management manager. Fantastic. And Winnie, we have you on the pod today to talk about an upcoming event called the Wild Run. Could you yeah. tell us what that is? Yeah, this is... I think this is a kind of very amazing, amazing event, you know, because first, this is the first color run in East Africa, and then with over 500 participants and over 200, including 200 Chinese people here, you know, it's not that easy. <laughs> and then the second thing is that this is the first time for the Chinese people and the local people to co-organize a wildlife conservation activity together. Yeah, this is an important moment, obviously. And third, uh, we will sign. We will show our ambition in the in the by cutting illegal wildlife trade by signing a pledge board, and and then this message will be delivered to the scientists. And the last last thing is that some wildlife conservation stars will share their opinions or their experience with us, um, like Paula Kahumbu who is very famous in the wildlife conservation world in Kenya. So, um, really, really quickly, what is a, a color run exactly? Okay, so, just I use some simple work. Can you imagine somebody spill some color powder to you, just like a Nordic kid? I can imagine it. I don't know if I'd like it. <laughs> I can imagine it too. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because um, it's like we are all doing the, some stressful things every day, but someday we can play tricks to others legally. <laughs> like we can spill different um, um, colorful powder to different people. And then why we use the colorful powder is like 
Different color means the cultural diversity and the biological diversity. Yeah, it's linked with the wildlife conservation. Actually, I want to ask Winnie to tell us uh, what other events that China House has done to sort of raise awareness. So it seems to me that this is sort of part of a campaign to raise awareness around wildlife. Uh, and I'm really just curious to know two things. First of all, how you came up with this idea. And then second, if you wanted to put this idea into a larger context of what China House, what other events fall into uh, or that you have guys done before fall into this raising awareness of wildlife? If you could expand on any of those questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the first one, why we came up with this idea first, it's not that easy for uh, for anybody to attract the local, uh, the Chinese people in Kenya because uh, most of them are so busy every day. Obviously, Chinese work from Monday to Saturday is not easy to get them uh, out of their work to attend their right. events. Yeah, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we must to come. We must to think about some funny way, like and the color run is very popular in China actually. Um, there it has been mm -hmm. held in many big cities like Beijing and Shanghai, and this is uh, because this is funny for the youth, for the teenagers. And then maybe we can use this way to attract more people, especially the youth, the new generation, so that um, more people will come. And uh, the second question is. So the second question is just uh, what other events have you done with uh, China House that. Uh, aim at raising awareness uh, towards the wildlife, and what do you hope to get out of this? I mean, what's the what's the targeted goal? What's so people when they come have fun, uh, do this color run. Yeah. What what do you hope that they achieve or they they realize at the end of the day? First, um, if we want to raise the awareness of the wildlife conservation, first we have to connect the Chinese people in Kenya together, right? But it's not an right. easy work because um, normally the Chinese people will separate. They have different jobs and different company. Um, they, so maybe it's not that easy to connect everybody together. So we will mm -hmm. use some ways like sometimes we will do the bird watching. It's also a funny activity so that uh, on nice. the Sunday, mm -hmm. yes, we, it's mm -hmm. like a family activity. The parents can take their children to come together to do the bird watching or the camping or the climbing the mountain together. And then uh, the other way is that um, there are so many businessmen, uh, businessmen here, the Chinese business, businessmen in Kenya. And then we can mm -hmm. um, organize some workshop about the tax and labor and then during the workshop, we can show some information about the wildlife conservation. This is also a way to attract them. Now, that's excellent. That's fascinating. And I may have missed this part of the conversation, but do we have an idea how many people are you guys targeting with, from this activity? And another question would be, is this mainly Chinese community, but uh, or is it uh, local and Chinese community expats mixed? Uh, who is it targeting? Uh, okay, now we have over 200 Chinese participants, over 200, oh, and then maybe over amazing. 100 um, the local participants. And our main target is the Chinese in this activity, obviously to show the Chinese, the, uh, uh, to show them the awareness of the wildlife conservation. And, um, and because this is, uh, uh, we want to, 
we want to show the world uh, an example that how the Chinese and the local people can work together in the wildlife conservation. So we want all of them will be equal, like 200 mm. Chinese people and 200 mm -hmm. local people, so that it seems that everybody, um, we are linked together for this event for the wildlife. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really great. And Winnie, I'm curious, China doesn't necessarily have the best reputation yeah. when it comes to, to wildlife. Yeah. But can you tell me a little about some of the things that, that the Chinese government has been doing that has been good for wildlife, or maybe some things that you've seen here mm -hmm. while you've been in, in China House in Kenya mm -hmm. to see how different Chinese actors have been improving China's image regarding wildlife? Yeah. I understand that uh, this bad uh, negative image of Chinese in um, of Chinese in wildlife aspect because uh, most of the people will think that all the Chinese will buy the ivories like that, but indeed maybe this is the um, it comes from the old generation of the Chinese, uh, but now the young generation, I mean the new generation, are different, are totally different. Like first. We pay more attention to the wildlife conservation because uh, since we are young, uh, since we are young, our teacher will teach us a lot, a uh, lot of things about it. And then the government has done a lot of um, wildlife conservation um, things of it. Like in China, uh, since 1980, ni since 1980, we have very strict uh, for the punishment for the wildlife trade. So it's weird to see the wildlife, illegal wildlife trade in China, in mainland China now. And in Kenya, because it's not, it's maybe it's easy to take away the ivory from Africa to China, but it's not that easy to enter, to take the um, ivory, enter the, how to say that? It's, it's not easy maybe to smuggle ivory into China. Yes, because the police will check very seriously about it. And then, like some movie star like Li Bingbing and Yao Ming, some famous stars are doing their um, uh, doing their elephant protection like that. And mm -hmm. we can see the billboard everywhere in China, especially in the airports. Out of curiosity, Winnie, do you have any friends who like own ivory? Uh, this is a very good question. <laughs> You know, I'm from, yeah, because I'm from Guangdong province. And w this is um, where the wildlife, illegal wildlife trade happens mostly. Because, um, um, <laughs> how do you say that, some historical reasons. <laughs> and people, some of my relatives or even my friends are interested in it. But most of them are um, like uh, 40, over 40 years old because you, you see, the ivory in China means the powder and the money, means the powder and welfare. Mm -hmm. So it's very important for people to own <laughs> ivory. I mean, it's like a symbol of power if you put it in your home. Yeah. Does anybody ask you to get ivory for them? Um, no, because, uh, how to say that, because now everybody Everybody knows in China knows that it's not that easy to it's take illegal. the ivory. First, it's illegal, and second, the punishment is mm -hmm. very serious. So maybe um, 
certain few people will do this. Mm -hmm. There's also, um, it seems also that um, the Chinese government has taken uh, really big proactive measures to engage Kenyan institutions and local communities to strengthen converse, uh, conservation of wildlife. Um, and I wonder, and this is very recent, right? So this is uh, since the last FOPAC meeting, the China Africa Summit meeting. Um, so I wonder if because of this proactive uh, engagement of the Chinese government, I wonder if your, your mission there is made easier. Um, do you find uh, institutions to partner with? Are there any funding opportunities to, for you, China House, to hold uh, these events? Um, uh, are these events appreciated by the Chinese authorities in Kenya? Are, uh, are you encouraged to do these things or funded to do these things? Or how is it? On your end. Uh, you mean the wild? You mean the wild run? This event? I, I just mean wildlife protection in general. Oh, wildlife but yes, protection definitely in the general. wild. Yeah. And, yeah. and that activity, you know, as, as an example of what China House does, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, because um, this year, um, in recent years, Chinese government are paying more and more attention on their wildlife conservation. Um, maybe because mm -hmm. of, uh, like in 2015, uh, the President Xi Jinping have an announcement in America to um, ban, uh, ban the ivory trade permanently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. There was a domestic ivory trade? Domestic? I, uh, I, for, I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it was airlines banned from taking trophy, like the ivory yeah, there, there, it was the It was a trophy hunting ban. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it was domestic ivory trade ban, but um, there were some there were some loopholes in, involved regarding international tr um, ivory. But but China has been proactive I, with the U.S. The U.S. The, there have been some joint ivory announcements as well. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, because as a as a Chinese, I have to say that we we have suffered from the negative image for a long time because. Um, even me, sometimes people when I am in Af when I'm in Kenya, people will 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 ask me about, hey, will you eat the elephants? Will you eat the crocodile? <laughs> or will you eat this? Or will you eat that? And <laughs> I think it's I, I don't know how to answer the question because um once I talk with a Kenyan friend, um he told me that he he he's afraid to go to the Chinese restaurants. Because um, if he go, people will serve them with will serve him with the snake, or some <laughs> worm, like that. And at and, and at that moment, I began to think, this is the image Chinese people give to the world. Is this? And I mean, I think maybe because of um, maybe China is uh, playing a more uh, an increasing important role in the world. So the government have to pay more attention on it because um, this is absolutely the bad reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Has official China been supportive of China House for wildlife? So if you put a wildlife event, will people from the Chinese embassy come? Are there funding uh, opportunities? In Kenya, not yet, but we did a wildlife conservation activity in Tanzania. Uh, and the embassy there will uh, support us at the activity. And yeah. what kind of support will they offer? Yeah, they will attend our activity. Oh, yeah. Will, and, and, and then they will um, use their WeChat 
to um, post some WeChat posts for us. That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's that's yeah. really incredible. Have I mean I don't think you've been here that long, but have yeah. you have you seen any changes mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. in people's opinions and Chinese people's opinions towards wildlife issues? Oh, uh, let me think. Because I'm here for not that from it's not uh, I just been here for about three months, so um, maybe I can see the changes. But uh, what I'm seeing is that when I have many friends here, mm -hmm. I mean the Chinese friends, mm -hmm. um, they live here, but some of them, I, I mean most of them are against the illegal wildlife trade. Yeah, this may be different from the image of the most of the local people to China. But mm -hmm. because, of the, because of the communication gap or the culture misunderstanding, um, still many people here think that Chinese are um, bad uh, because they um, they eat our uh, wildlife and <laughs> eat our animals or use them to do their wildlife products like that. But this is what we want to change. Uh, we want to use the wildlife wild run to tell them a message like, no, the new generation here are doing some good thing for the wildlife. That's a really yeah. important message. Mm -hmm. Now I have a, um, a question that uh, maybe you can answer. So before before joining China House in in Nairobi, uh, were you in China? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or? I live in Guangzhou and I study in Wuhan. So okay, so I wonder. Uh, so you mentioned earlier the actress. Uh, and yeah, Li Bingbing and, and, yeah, and Yao Ming. Yeah. Li Bingbing and Yao Ming. Yeah. I wonder how efficient Li Bingbing and Yao Ming's um, uh, kind of role in uh, trying to raise awareness and to uh, elicit uh, African wildlife trade. I mean, I wonder, do people in China really listen to these? Is there any positive effect of having these superstars be the face of you know, wildlife conservation? Yeah, I have to say that they're great actors, they're great stars, because um, they, they're really doing something in the wildlife conservation. I mean, especially the no ivory, uh, the no ivory advertisement, because every time, um, you know, Li Bingbing is very famous and I can see her every day in the newspaper, mm -hmm. but most of the time mm -hmm. when she participates in the activity in China, she will say something about the ivory or the no ivory trade. How old are you? Me? Yeah. Um, 22. When did you first hear about ivory or hear about that ivory, the ivory trade was not a good uh, thing? Yeah, uh, I heard it since I was a child because first, um, the ivory product, I mean the ivory craft, is a very traditional, um, tradition. It's intangible Chinese cultural heritage. Yes, and sometimes I can even saw saw it in the museum, mm. and it's beautiful. But when I was young, I didn't know about it. I didn't know uh, how the elephant will die, or suffered because of the ivory trade or because of this amazing ivory product. But later, uh, when I am. In, I think when I am in high school, because we have the uh, investigation course, 
Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at that time, our uh, teacher of biological teach us some of this information, and then we can do the investigation that time. Mm-hmm. So that maybe since the high school. Mm-hmm. And then know about the ivory trade. Wow, that's that's incredible. And the one thing is that you know Hong Kong, um, there's uh, ivory trade in Hong Kong is legal, right? Mm-hmm. I think they just. They just changed they, it. Mm-hmm. I think they just changed the law, but yes, it, 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 I think yeah, it was it, legal. It was legal. Um, yeah, so many people from Guangdong province or Fujian province, which is near the Guang, which is near Hong Kong, will go to Hong Kong to buy the ivory back. Yeah, but now it's not that easy because um, first Hong Kong is changing the ivory, uh, law, the law because so many people are against in it, and the second it's not that easy to take the ivory back to China because to back to China, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it will be checked, and if you if you were checked out, you take the ivory, it will be very serious punishment. So when 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 is the run for? When is the event? Oh, <laughs> I forget to talk about the event. Yeah, the event is on the August the twenty eighth in the Gongro <laughs> Forest, and we first we choose the forest because it's like in the wild. Yeah, so it have some connect with the wildlife because the wildlife most live in the forest, uh, in mm-hmm. or in some nature uh, national park like that, and. Uh, I think people will have fun there because this is not a competitive activity. It's like we just um, spill the colorful mm-hmm. powder and then we have fun and then we run for wildlife. If somebody is listening to this and they want to join, how could they get in touch or where do they go for to participate? Yeah, is it a free event or the tickets? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a ticket because um, we will provide some t-shirts, some glasses, some bracelet and a powder. Uh, but it's a kind of non-profit nice. event. Yeah. Okay. How much are the tickets? The ticket for the Chinese is six is one thousand, one thousand shillings, Canadian shillings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's only covered the clothes mm-hmm. and the materials of it. For for Chinese, it's a thousand. How much for Canadians? Yeah. For Canadians, it's five hundred shillings. Okay. And Americans? Mm, one thousand oh, okay, shillings. Okay. It's free. It's, it's free. I'm an American. <laughs> yeah. Obama. Oh. <laughs> what are the environmental impacts of the powder, of the color powder itself? Yeah, all the material are imported from China. Yeah, the color powder, the t-shirt, the glasses are imported from China. Yeah. And, and what about the yeah. powder itself? Does it does it wash out? Will it say? Oh 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 no! It's it's washed out and it's totally environmentally friendly. It's even eatable. Oh oh. Yeah, okay. it will. Uh, it won't harm the. Plant there. Oh wow, that sounds really incredible. Sensible. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of people to sign this pledge to send to CITES. Yeah. What, what what is CITES exactly? Yeah, the CITES with uh now with one one hundred and eighty one parties. The CITES now uh, now is the most important um how to say that the parties or the meeting for wildlife conservation because. Um, most of the people, most of the country will join will join here, and then we'll discuss um, how to uh, protect the endangered animals. So, so you're connecting this color run to a broader action for 
for wildlife. So yeah. people sign a pledge. Yeah. The pledge is sent to CITES. Yeah. What what will people understand by this pledge? What does the pledge mean? What does it show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the pledge, we will uh, we will have some word in Chinese, in both Chinese and in English. It's like um, say no to illegal uh, illegal wildlife trade. So that everybody, mm-hmm. and then we will put, uh, we will put some animals on it, so it's easy for anybody to understand that this is for animal. Yeah. So um, the African Network for Animal Welfare uh, are is China House uh, working in proximity with that in any capacity, or do you know anything about it? No, we are cooperated with the SUSO, and it's an organization called Stand Up Shout Out. It's also a team a youth organization for the local teenagers. Uh, yeah, so this is okay. a kind of like the uh, Chinese youth and the local youth are working together for this event. So this will be the first time and this will be amazing because um, usually maybe uh, the big event will be held by the government, but um, mm-hmm. we, this have never been this an is the event. First yeah, the first wow, time. That's amazing. To link mm-hmm. the local people and the Chinese people together to host and to attend. Yeah, that's great. I mean, wish you the best of luck. I hope uh, the weather would be great. And yeah, apart from the wildlife conservation, you know, the connection and the communication is very important. Why we have so many misunderstandings, why everybody thinks that all the Chinese are buying ivory. Like this mm. is like a kind of misunderstanding because maybe people are Chinese in Kenya have little connection with the local people. They have few local friends. But this is an activity um, for them to make local friends. Once you make connection with others, you can talk and then you can communicate and then people can understand each other. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Lena, are are you done? Because I'm out of questions. Yeah, no, this this has been great. I've asked my questions as well, and uh, yeah, this has been good. All right, fantastic. All right, we're going to move on to our recommendations. I want to try that out. Winnie, Yeah. what would you recommend for our listeners? It can be a book, it can be a movie, it can be a restaurant. What do you want our listeners to know about? First, if you are in Kenya, you must try the Yamachama. Yeah, this is my favorite food in Kenya. What, what is it exactly? <laughs> it's like the roast meat, the oh, roast okay. goat, the roast beef, but it's totally different from the normal roast meat I had in China. Okay, yeah. the, the nyamachoma. Nyamachoma, yeah. Excellent. It's a traditional, I mean the local food. Lena, what about yourself? I would uh, actually just recommend to our listeners to... Um, Keep an eye on the G20 um, proceedings. The G20 summit is, is happening in September 4 and, f- and 5 in, in, in China, 4th and 5th in China. And um, yeah, so there's been a lot of um, articles in the media lately that cover what's the G20, you know, what, what does it mean for China-Africa relations? How is Africa going to be represented in the, in the Global Governance Summit? Um, and uh, yeah, so my recommendation is just to keep an eye on that, uh, the, the G20 summit. Fantastic. There's a really interesting um, Sino-Africa piece from the Global Times. And by interesting, I mean kind of awful. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and yes. I, so I, I recommend my readers like read it, but not because it's good. It's the opposite of good. It's, it's pretty bad. Well, so essentially, uh, there's a Global Times op-ed in which, oh gosh. The, the author is basically kind of advocating for um, the idea that Africans have a lot to learn from Chinese virtues and, China, and have so many lessons to learn from China, right? And uh, if I remember correctly, the idea was just kind of came across, I think you put it in, in, in Twitter as sort of this patronizing op-ed, yeah. Uh, it, all right, so it's by um, by uh, Ding Gang. It's an op-ed. It's called um, "Africans Keen to Learn Chinese Virtues," well, and it's basically it's an, interesting to me. It's <laughs> it, it, you know it might be interesting, but it 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 the tone is really condescending about the way the things that Africa should learn from China. A lot of times, Chinese media on China Africa is, is totally fine, and I'm uh, there's some boilerplate language about win-win, but this op-ed in particular shows that, that sometimes um, Chinese media has got to be a little careful with how they talk about Africa. So if you want to see um, maybe a bit of a step back on, on, on good China-Africa media relations, you might want to take a look at this article. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it was the thing that really struck me most over the past, over the past few days. Mm -hmm. Oh, and um, Winnie, how do people find you on the internet? Do you have a website or a Twitter yeah, account have, or a Facebook account? I have account? a Facebook account. And uh, how what, can I send? What, what is it? Yeah. Is it just Winnie yeah. Wong? Yeah, Winnie Wong, W-I-N-N-I-E, Winnie. Okay. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh, the same name. Okay, fantastic. Excellent. And, and what, what do you put on your Facebook page? Um, most of the time, everything, I think. Okay. Fantastic. Well, if anyone wants to continue the conversation with Winnie, she can be found on Facebook. Lena, how do people find you on the internet? Um, I'm on Twitter, and uh, my handle is at L-B-E-N-A-B-D-A-L-L-A-H, so that's L Ben Abdallah. Uh, and I also tweet China Africa. I've also been following the G20, so I'll be sort of tweeting some stuff and uh, nuggets about that relate China Africa to G20 here. Oh, thank God, because I... I've been writing too many tweets over the past few days for this China Africa conference, so I'm happy somebody else is doing that. And I myself can be found on Twitter. It's at Winslow underscore R, and I also tweet a lot of China Africa. Um, and I, I've been easing myself back into the back into the role. And also, uh, I can be found on www.cowriesrice.com uh, as well as cowriesrice.blogspot.com in the former site housing the fledgling um, China Africa consultancy that I'm building. And yeah, those are basically the best ways to stay in touch with me and to see what I'm doing. And that's, that's about it for today's episode. We would like to thank Winnie for staying up late. It's 11.43 on a Monday. Mm -hmm. For you. staying up late to, to talk with us about this work. So we're really thankful. We really appreciate your time, no, Winnie. Thank you for your opportunity for me to spread our activity. The, the wide run for um, my life conservation. That is about it for today's episode. We would like to thank Winnie Wong for joining us today from Nairobi, as well as African Development Jobs. This podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Double Twist, Buzzsprout, Google Play, and iTunes. 
We are also teaming up with WTNB Community Radio from the Como Nordic Share Podcast. We would also like to thank Mighty Michael Pulse Recordings for composing the theme song. And thank you, dear listener, for giving us your time. Take care.